This is Peter Chihuahua, your humble podcast host. But before we start today's episode of Weekly Bits, I want to encourage everyone to check out the upcoming Bitcoin 2020 conference. Bitcoin's biggest party will be on March 27th and 28th in downtown San Francisco. It's welcoming attendees from around the world and a top-notch group of speakers. Potential Satoshi Nick Zabo is going to be there. So is skateboarding legend Tony Hawk. There will be the devs who are building some of your favorite Bitcoin products, finance people, regulation people, and more. There's also going to be a bunch of attendee experience things that I've never seen anywhere else. This includes a Bitcoin art gallery and a lightning-powered video arcade. So check out the website to learn more and snag your ticket. It's at Bitcoin2020conference.com. Okay, so here I am in the Bitcoin Magazine podcast studio with the main man, Colin Harper. How are you today, sir? Doing pretty good, brother. How you doing, Peter? I'm good. Okay, as well as could be expected on this beautiful day. As you know, I wanted to ask you into the studio today to cover your latest cover story. It's headlined, The Seven Safest Havens for Establishing Your Bitcoin Citadel. Uh, For any listeners out there who haven't read that yet, you should hit pause on us. Go ahead and take care of that right now. But assuming everyone out there has read it, my first question for you, Colin, is why are some Bitcoiners so into personal citadels? First of all, that's actually the first time I'm hearing the title out loud. How's it hit you? Like the title. You like it? Good title. A lot better better than what I drummed up. I don't even remember what mine was. It's like... I think it was perhaps the juiciest citadel for your <laughs> sovereignty wet dream. Something really weird like that. Like weird and sexually charged. <laughs> yeah. Paging Dr. Freud. Yeah. So um, this was a fun topic. Rolling it out with this new weekly publishing concept of ours where we kind of have a weekly theme. And the first week's theme for this kind of reboot was self-sovereignty. And so going back to your question, Peter, I think that the citadel from a Bitcoiner perspective, I think is just like a kind of a perfect stand in and a pretty apt, I think, you know, physical metaphor for the kind of practices that we preach in terms of privacy, self-sovereignty writ large, and the idea of, you know, that sovereign individual, right? So if you end up becoming just like a stupidly wealthy Bitcoin whale, or you might already be one, but if, if you end up finding yourself with just hordes of Bitcoin And especially if people know who you are and know that you're very wealthy, you might want to find a place where you can fortify yourself and protect yourself against unnecessary belligerence and attacks. And so I think that obviously that's why so many people hone in on the Citadel idea. I also think there's something kind of stately and opulent about it that really appeals to like, you know, I mean, I know a lot of Bitcoiners like to think that they're minimalists, but like... There, there are a good amount of us out there who are hedonists, and I think right. the idea, you know, like it goes, it kind of goes in line with the Lambo meme, right? Like right. this bigger, this larger than life acquisition that you could only get because you had the foresight to invest in Bitcoin. Yeah, I think that's a helpful context. I mean, I think that way it was kind of framed in the article is it's about protecting sovereignty, and that's like the positive reason we're highlighting it. But it's also like funny slightly embarrassing that this is like a thing in Bitcoin and uh, it's good to acknowledge that too. When I was looking into it, I don't know how worthwhile it really is to like parse the history of a meme, but from what I could tell this kind of originated on Reddit as an imaginary time traveler who came back and said, 
in my time, you know, if you have Bitcoin, you're like secured up in your personal citadel and it's like mm. a bit dystopian and stuff. So for what it's worth, that's my understanding where it came from. And that's just kind of like a meme as far as I know. Yeah. There are no people living in Bitcoin citadels, but that's not exactly, that we know of. That's, yeah, the way. <laughs> that's what they'd want us to think uh, if there are. I do think that was the that was the origin of it, I'm pretty sure. And it's kind of fitting that it was something that a meme came to life through something like that. Yeah, and I think it's cool that we're taking the chance to like expand on the meme, play yeah. off the meme, and like write this pretty yeah. interesting article. You're definitely not going to find this anywhere else. <laughs> that's, that's for sure, man. Uh, so yeah, it is kind of like a funny meme, but let's just say for the sake of this interview that you had a real need for one of these fortresses. What kind of qualities, Colin, would you look for in a personal Bitcoin citadel? So me personally... I'd want to wrap my citadel into an all-in-one like apocalypse fortress and like badass party house. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's the best <laughs> that's, of both that's, worlds. That's the best of both worlds. So what I would look for is like I would definitely want renewable sources of energy. Right. So like whether that be like uh, I would probably prefer, especially if I were really wealthy and cost wasn't a factor, definitely would outfit it with solar paneled roof. I would also probably install a windmill on the property somewhere if Smart. I could, right? If I could manage it, I don't know. That would be very expensive, but again, in this scenario, You're Bitcoin's good, at yeah, no Bitcoin's worries. at like a million dollars a coin. I'm yeah. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I would also want some sort of water treatment center. A lot of the places that I looked at, like the two island properties, Dude, I love that they've got reverse osmosis right. water treatment right on site. That I mean, that's awesome. nuts, man. I mean, that's like if you want like a. So my first choice would probably be an island if I'm talking about like having now I wouldn't want to live there because I'd get lonely, I think, but like in terms of like an apocalypse proof place, yeah. Island would be pretty good. Now, for the eventual maritime pirates, I guess that's a redundancy, but for, for when pirates come to the seas during some sort of apocalyptic scenario, you're gonna have a little trouble. But you'd have trouble on land anyway. And I think so if you had like some reverse osmosis, some like renewable energy, then if you had the island, you could fish, establish fish farms, you know, yeah. grow tropical fruits. Um, that's what I would look for. I'd also probably look for some sort of safe room and bunker. Like, you know, I'd want to have something underground, plenty of like hidey holes and passages and things like that. And of course, a gun room. You got to have that. Got to have it. Uh, so, yeah, it makes me think because it's interesting. So. The idea is that you're rich enough, you've got big enough whale bags that you're going to buy a beautiful mansion and you might as well just make it secure as heck because you're really rich. Maybe people you know, want to take advantage of that. But then there's this other element that's part of the Citadel thing where like the apocalypse has happened and that's why security is so important, right? <laughs> like the time travelers imagining this dystopian future. All that's to say... I think you brought this up. One of my qualities, and I'm imagining this is an apocalyptic future as well, is an island because that's the ultimate zombie protection. Right. Um, so words out of my mouth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so among the ones on the list, to like pick one specifically, I don't think any of these are, you'd have to combine a couple of these yeah. to hit the, the fantasy that you've established there of like the best <laughs> possible citadel. Yeah. But I picked Columbia Island. That's the one, like, it's a 30-minute boat ride out of Manhattan. Um, so you kind of, like, I don't know, want to be there necessarily during the uh, zombie apocalypse. There'll be so many people. But if we're just, like, in the slightly more 
dystopian future than what we're living in now. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're we're not we're not worried about zombies, but we yeah. may be worried about people whose fiat is worthless yeah. trying to lynch <laughs> yeah, us. Right. <laughs> I feel like Columbia Island is enough safety there. I don't know how deep the water was around there, but you know, it's it's off on an island. I do like how it's kind of near to civilization. It's got the solar panels. So that'd be my pick with Hogwarts being a close second mm. just because you know, the magic that resides in the halls there. Freaking Hogwarts, man. Uh, which one would you pick, Colin, out of the list that you put together? Honestly, so I think that Columbia Island's a good a good choice. I think that I would probably go for Cave K in the Bahamas. Yeah, that's an um, easy choice for yeah, sure. Yeah, like, and that's it's also the most expensive choice. I think it's, according to the article, 6,408 Bitcoin at the current Bitcoin price Oof. of about 9,300, so... Right. I mean, you gotta, you know, that's (laughs) that's 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 quite a bit under this scenario. Assuming our scenario of a million dollars of Bitcoin and still be two hundred Bitcoin, still going to be a lot, obviously. But I would probably choose that just because, I mean, that would just be so sick, and it would also just be nigh impregnable. I think in terms of right. Well, it's also well the the only downside is it's really big. So if you had invaders, then like. You know, it's like 222 yeah. acres, so like they could definitely beach at the head of the island. It's like the your... closest one where you're trying to run your own sovereign country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, and that's the other thing about it too is like one of the things that I love about, and second to that is probably the one in Austin, which I really like. But that's another thing that I think is interesting about the idea of a citadel, as I kind of like mentioned in the introduction. Like citadels in like the medieval and renaissance eras were typically, you know, like they'd be surrounded by like um, a a villa or some sort of small city. Yeah. And they would have, the Lord would basically have vassals, maybe some serfs or things like that. Right. So maybe your islands could be populated by plebs who (laughs) are are serving. Hopefully not plebs. Maybe I hope I'm not, I don't know. I hope in this future I'm not an authoritarian. You've become what you fought <laughs> yeah. against for so long. I've gotten drunk from yeah. the Bitcoin riches. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that what you probably would see, let's say that this scenario, like you would probably see kind of communities of Bitcoiners just naturally kind of, like the Bitcoiners would gravitate towards each other and I think right. they'd naturally form because let's assume in the, like in a hyper-Bitcoinization future, if that scenario happens, it's actually kind of scary for a lot of people because there's a point in which, I've talked about this before, maybe on other podcasts, but there's a point in which where people stop trading Bitcoin for dollars right. because the dollar becomes inherently worthless. So you have some, sw- uh, some segment of the population that basically just has no purchasing power, right? And so I think that if that were to happen, Bitcoiners would naturally band together and start solidifying communities and start like these citadels would kind of, maybe there's like a few citadels or just one large citadel that kind of encompasses a territory where a bunch of other Bitcoiners are kind of live in the domain, right? And I think islands would be a good example of where you could see this happen. I think Austin would be another place where maybe this would go on. But all of those of us, you know, listening or hosting who have been smart enough to get in on the ground (laughs) floor here, I mean, we can be kind of like, we can pick and choose whether we want to be part of a Right. Per Bitcoin society or siphoned off in our own like self-sufficient personal. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so I actually didn't have this question written down, but I can't believe I, I've been meaning to ask you. Did you go to realtor.com and type in like personal citadel and that's how you found these properties for this list? Or, or what was like the research for this article? Like? So some of them, I'm trying to think. I think the one in Nevada was like one that I knew existed. Just like, you know, cursory like internet. Maybe one night I was like <laughs> high and like 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 apocalypse proof. Yeah. Like, you know, 
But that's actually what I did is I just like typed in like apocalypse proof fortresses or like modern day fortresses and things like that. And then just a bunch of different things kind of came up with different. And there were a bunch more that I could have put. Some of them got a little redundant. I tried to get a little variety. That was definitely well done. It's like there's a Citadel on here for everybody. There is for sure. And Uh, I thought that it was kind of crazy that like one of them was the because, you know, like you can go to I mean, there are a bunch of castles in Europe that people just buy. Right. And right. Um. And they'll do like Airbnbs or throw weddings and stuff to cover the cost because the cost is a shit ton of money to, to, to run. Have a castle should be. Yeah, uh, exactly. Castle. But I just thought it was crazy that the Hogwarts castle was one of the I ones know. that like I didn't know that that was even like I didn't even know that. I think I knew that the Hogwarts castle existed. I just didn't know that it was something that was in Michigan and that it yeah, was. I figured it was a. Uh, model yeah i didn't know it was real yeah same and but one of the things i thought was crazy with that is it's like 400 bedrooms and like 4.5 yeah (laughs) that was one of the hidden (laughs) easter egg gems in the article for sure (laughs) you're like wait what yeah the ratio is just abysmal all right so we did allude to this in an earlier answer i thought and i hate to even like get kind of serious on this podcast about personal bitcoin citadels but i have to ask so Imagine a hyper Bitcoin world where everyone has to fortress themselves up in a personal citadel is kind of antithetical to a different side of Bitcoin that we all preach that, you know, Bitcoin magazine, I think, certainly encourages, which is Mm -hmm. that it's a tool to bank the unbanked. It's permissionless. You know, it leaves nobody behind and like it would eliminate some of the oligarchical issues Mm -hmm. that the fiat system has encouraged in our society, right? Mm -hmm. So this was just tongue-in-cheek and a fun article. So, like, all good, of course. I don't think, I wouldn't have expected you to have, like, reservations about, like, writing it. But, you know, does that question, does that perspective on the personal citadel come into your mind working on this? Is it something we should do a follow-up where we, like, encourage that side of Bitcoin? Or, like, how how do we wrestle with, like, that's a funny meme? Is that really what we want to encourage about the perception of Bitcoin? Yeah, there's a part of me that says if you've got a, you know, ten hundred million dollars, you go do with it what you want. Right. I'm, I'm not for me to tell you what to do. And if you want, if you have, if you're a high net worth individual and your goal is to build a fortress essentially to protect you and your family, under current conditions, I might call you a little paranoid. But I mean, this isn't just even a Bitcoin thing. Like very wealthy yeah. individuals. Like some of these houses had bulletproof and missile proof glass. Right. These are for normal rich yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're for normal rich people, these not exist, crazy so you conspiratorial can get Bitcoiners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's a part of me that's like, people are going to do this anyway. But to your point, I, I don't necessarily think that it's like the highest form of good, right? Like I would never say that like the Citadel meme is like the best we can do or what we should be striving for right. without other things. And like, right. I want to return back to the idea of like, if hyper Bitcoinization happens, because I actually do think about this a lot, and I think we we actually don't want hyper-Bitcoinization to happen. I think hyper-Bitcoinization is actually a very scary scenario. Because if hyper-Bitcoinization happens, that means a few things. It means that fiat currencies around the world are failing. So governments are failing. Right. And entire swathes of society are crumbling, right? right? And so I think that that would be a very bleak world if Bitcoin needed to step up to supplant pretty much every currency globally. If there were a more gradual way where we could introduce it, you know, in a perfect world, hyper-Bitcoinization would be, we'll say, safely organic instead of dangerously organic, where instead of the collapse of the current system brings it about, 
Bitcoin kind of subsumes the current system and like it kind of ekes its way into society in a very gradual way and, and bosses start paying their employees. And it's a kind of from the bottom up approach instead right. of from the top down. Right. But one thing I would say is like when we say, you know, banking the unbanked and hyper Bitcoinization would be a great thing. It's like it's only really good for those of us who had the foresight and for those who got in early. Right. Yeah. And so I think that it's actually a very dangerous going back to the scenario where the dollar becomes worthless. It's very dangerous. And um potentially very harmful to a lot of people, including Bitcoiners, because you're going to have riots. Right. And then the people who do have wealth, it doesn't matter. Like, go go look back at, like, any historical account, like French Revolution, anything. The classes that own the wealth and the classes that have the power are the ones who are eviscerated. Right. Versailles was pretty solid citadel for the time. And yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like anything from exactly. Happening. And that, yeah. it, it fell under the, the pressure of peasants, just like a lot of you know, institutions in Paris and France yeah. at that time. So I just think it's something we should be, and that's what I'm hearing from your answer, I think, is like something to be nuanced about, fun and funny to like encourage the meme and, and yeah. put out this article. But when it comes to like having real conversations and thoughts about where do we stand and like, what do we do with the next article? Well, that's that's one sure thing I, yeah. I do want to do is like if we do, I don't know, we've talked about like doing a hyper Bitcoinization issue or like something like that. Like I feel Bitcoin like it's something economies. we're always going to explore, right? Because yeah. like, on some philosophy level, You'd Bitcoin to, Magazine yeah. believes that in the growth of Bitcoin, yeah. or, you know, you can call it hyper-Bitcoinization or whatever. And so it's a future we imagine and ex- expect to happen and believe in, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of nuanced ways to keep yeah. revisiting it. Yeah, and keep the door open. Right. And, and when we do that, or if we have an issue kind of dedicated to it or something like that, I'd like to squeeze in, to your point, and kind of coming back to this, I want to squeeze in kind of like an analysis of like, what hyper Bitcoinization would actually look like and kind of highlighting those, like the unsavory sides of it. Because yeah. I think that like, it really actually would be a very bad thing. Right. Which a lot you hear from lots of detractors. It'd be good to get that perspective from like right. a fan of Bitcoin. Exactly. You know? And yeah, I think something we need to be realistic. And I think honestly, in my opinion, hyper Bitcoinization doesn't have to happen for Bitcoin to succeed. And actually the best scenario is one where Bitcoin just remains entrenched as a kind of gold. Right. So that the, the option to opt out is there if you want to. And in fact, again, this is why Bitcoin is better than gold, because you're going to have merchant services built around it. Whereas unlike gold, where you'd have to go trade it in for cash and then pay for things, you're going to have seamless integration and you're going to be able to take your savings in Bitcoin if you want to convert it to some sort of digital dollar. I'm not saying like an actual cryptocurrency digital dollar, but just, you know, whatever credit right. is being used to pay for things. And then you'll be able to do that. And I mean, that is hyper-Bitcoinization and just a different definition yeah. than what I've been kind of assuming maybe right. wrongly, which is that like I'm imagining Bitcoin's the only option out there, you know? And right. so there's even different ways to define and, and think about hyper One way is we all need personal citadels, and that's a yeah. fun, funny way to think about it. And then there are other funny ways, other more nuanced ways, more skeptical ways, more positive ways. So that's like one of the cool things about doing this article, I think, too. It's yeah. like it's treating one perspective on hyper-Bitcoinization with like a real, well-researched, like thoughtful article. Mm-hmm. And you could do that in so many different ways. So very cool. I appreciate you coming in and exploring this in more detail, you know, than anyone probably thought. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, I, I was, I've been pretty happy with the conversation. When you were like, hey, let's record a podcast on this at first, I was like, well, shit, what am yeah. I going to say? <laughs> yeah. But I think there is a lot here because it's a very simple meme that I think belies a very kind of complex understanding of Bitcoin's end game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
very straightforward. Get a fortress, you'll be safe. But under that is this right. assumption that exactly. you're going to need the fortress eventually, right? Exactly. Well said. I'll leave it there. Thanks for joining me as always, Colin. Could you go ahead and plug as I lay hodling before I let you go? Hell yeah, man. So you guys can find me at bitcoinmagazine.com. My author's page is there. And you can also find me on Twitter at as I lay hodling. Uh, you can also just look up my name on Twitter, Colin, C-O-L-I-N, Harper, H-A-R-P-E-R. That does it for another episode of Bitcoin Magazine's Weekly Biz Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review so we can improve the show. The Bitcoin Magazine Weekly Bits Podcast is a BTC Media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. It was produced by Graham Peterson and David Howard. You can find more engaging podcasts over at letstalkbitcoin.com and you can follow them on Twitter at the LTB Network for all the latest episodes. Thanks again for tuning in.